Hello, and welcome again to the Kinky Boys podcast. I'm Craig, and we have a returning guest at Master Harry Hypnotist. And we are here today to just have a discussion about the relationship between kink and gear, and what it's like when you don't have any particular interest in gear per se. Master, welcome. Hi there. Hey. Good to be back on the show. Always happy to have you here. You're a wonderful guest. Thank you. So yeah, we talked about this idea before about doing this episode. So you don't have any particular interest in gear, do you? Yeah, that's more or less correct. I like the way that people react to me when I'm wearing leather and such, but it's not something that I derive any particularly any particular enjoyment out of myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So you don't see yourself in any way sort of part of the leather community, rubber community, lycra community, anything like that? I mean, I see myself as part of the community in the sense that I am kinky and I am open about that. And I have many other friends who are kinky. And I mean, that's the definition of a community, right? It's about people who share a common interest and do things together. And so in that sense, I consider myself to be part of the kink community but when it comes to communities that are organized around fetishes for particular particular kinds of gear or clothing, leather, rubber, whatever, yeah, I don't really see myself as part of that. Yeah. And do you feel that's um, affected how you interact with the community at all? Perhaps a little bit. I mean, I've noticed that people tend to use the terms leather community and kink community almost synonymously, yeah. which of course is exclusionary towards those who have kinks other than leather, but also leather is a very visually clear descriptor Mm -hmm. of the kink community in general. And so I understand why people use that kind of shorthand. If you see someone who's wearing leather kink gear, then that's a very clear indication that that person is into kink and fetish in general. But at the same time, it's possible to be into things like hypnosis, control, mm-hmm. domination, that sort of thing that have a lot of overlap and a strong place in the kink community, but are not necessarily as visible. Yeah, it's the sort of more mental realm. Like yes. I know quite a few people who describe themselves as purely having a power exchange fetish, but absolutely no interest in gear. Mm-hmm. So no interest in leather, rubber, anything like that, which I always find that quite interesting because for me, gear is a massive way to signal to people what you're into. Mm -hmm. It acts as a visual signifier, a sort of social glue where you can look at, as we said, leathermen and instantly know, well, they're probably kinksters. Yes. I say probably because there are some people for whom leather is their only kinky interest. Like literally just the gear is the kink, but they don't like power exchange. They don't like any sort of what would be described as kinky sex. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's broadly true just to say people are complicated Mm -hmm. and sexuality is complicated and humans have evolved to use shortcuts Mm -hmm. in trying to understand other humans because we are so complicated And sometimes those shortcuts work very well, and sometimes they fall short. And I think this is a case where 
using leather as a signifier for kink is a shortcut that often works very well, but not 100% of the time. Sometimes you have a false positive where you have someone who's wearing leather and they're just not into kink at all, depending on how you define kink. Or a false negative where you have someone like me who's into kink, but doesn't typically wear leather. And of course, I say all of this using the term leather specifically to refer to leather, although there's also rubber, lycra, all sorts of other materials commonly associated with fetish as well. And they have their own set of cultural interactions, I suppose. But some people like myself just aren't really into any sort of clothing as a signifier of fetish. So that... That makes things a little bit harder for me when I want to, let's say, go out to a kinky event. What do I wear? I typically just wear street clothes. Sometimes I'll put on a piece of leather just so I can feel like I fit in more. But Mm -hmm. again, the act of putting on or wearing a particular piece of kinky gear doesn't really do anything for me. I I don't dislike it, but it's not exciting for me. Yeah, that's an interesting point because obviously a lot of like kinky spaces like bars are uniform enforced, uniform enforced, mm-hmm. which we always talk about how it needs to do that to keep the feel of the bar, to keep people sort of keep the community going there. But as you just said, there's a flip side, which is if you're into sort of kink in a way that's like pure more mental power exchange and less visual that can be an excluding barrier yeah and i want to make it clear that i don't have anything against these spaces that put up some sort of a dress code around Mm -hmm. leather or rubber or whatever the whatever the dress code of the Mm -hmm. night might be i think that's fine i think that there are plenty of people who definitely do feel more comfortable being surrounded by people who are wearing their particular variety of kinky clothing or kinky gear. And I have no problem with that. But I just want to make sure that people understand that it's not a requirement for Mm -hmm. being into uh, kinky sex or, I don't know, deviant behavior, shall we say. Um, And it's nice when there are spaces that also don't need to have a dress code as well. Yeah. And so have you found many of these spaces? Not that many. I mean, so I'm an immigrant. I'm an American who moved to Amsterdam a couple of years ago. And before I moved to Amsterdam, I always had this sort of this thought, this idea or belief that Amsterdam was an incredibly kinky city mm-hmm. and that I would be able to make a lot of kinky friends very easily. And so far, that hasn't very much been the case. And I don't know if that's because I'm an outsider as, you know, an American coming into this country. I don't know if that's because I haven't found the right spaces or because they haven't found me because I haven't been wearing the sort of gear that generally signals this sort of thing. And I have found a couple of friends, so I'm satisfied that way. It's just less than I expected, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. Like, it it seems to me without that visual signifier, it can be quite hard to just pick people out of a crowd. Now, I've heard of people doing like power exchange brunches where they have sort of meets just for people into power exchange, but 
there's also you need to first be able to find those people. Yes, absolutely. And just as an organizer of one of these events, just opening the doors to whoever is a very risky proposition mm -hmm. because you're probably going to get people who don't know what they're signing up for or who are just not pleasant to be around in general. Yeah. So do you have any sort of way you signal to the like people you're interested in that you're into power exchange, considering you can't do it purely through like the clothing? I mean, there is the hanky code, mm -hmm. I suppose, but that's also something that I've never really put a lot of effort into flagging any particular thing on, on you know, it, it's not something that's very important to me, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And another facet of this conversation I should mention is that kink is a part of my life, but it's not the only part of my life. Yeah. I have a couple of friends who are into kink, yourself included, mm -hmm. and I enjoy those social connections. I don't always feel the need to try to make that very visually clear to others. Mm -hmm. People who know me in this context understand who I am and what I like mm -hmm. and the sort of things that I do. And I don't feel a need to broadca broadcast that for the whole world to see. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It's obviously, if people know, they know. And if not, you don't need to broadcast it out. Yeah. It's... I mean, I think everyone has a different level of engagement that they want mm -hmm. with community in general. Some people like you are very, very active in mm -hmm. community. And you enjoy putting yourself in places where people can see you and hear mm -hmm. you. I mean, you run this podcast and yeah. it's been a lot of fun. It's a really cool podcast. And oh, I'm you. grateful that there are people like you in the community. Mm -hmm. But that's not me. And I don't think it has to be me. And I know that a lot of people who take this very extroverted and, and you know, putting yourself out there approach the way that you do, there's always this implicit message that you can and should do the same. And I think that usually that's a good thing when you're trying to expand your social circles and when you're trying to meet more people who have similar interests. But it also shouldn't be mandatory. You know, if you want to just enjoy the friends that you already have and, and the kinky situations that you can get yourself into, you don't need to expand things further out, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. So one thing I do know you're into is nudity. That's true. Yeah. So do you want to go a bit more into that? Yeah. I mean, nudity is very interesting for me because of the the mental associations mm -hmm. that I have with power exchange. Having someone who is naked, who is submitting to me, is not only, how do I put this? They make it very easy for me to do whatever I want to them, mm -hmm. which is, of course, something that I enjoy. But also, I just think it's fun to see someone naked and open and vulnerable, if that makes sense. Like, leather can be attractive on people, mm -hmm. but what I really want to see is your body. And I really want to 
touch you and feel you and feel that connection between people. And for me, nudity is the best way to do that. I've heard this described once as a very radical fairy sort of Mm -hmm. take on it. The radical fairies are a group that typically embrace naturism, social Mm -hmm. nudity, that sort of thing. And I have occasionally gone to fairy events and enjoyed them quite a lot. So yeah, if you want to put me into a box, I guess you could say that nudity is my form of gear. Interesting, because I know with naturism, a lot of people try and disassociate the sexual aspects from it. But it sounds like you very much embrace it as a way to sort of celebrate and explore sexuality with someone. I think that you can be naked without being sexual. Mm -hmm. Just as with gear, you can be sexual without being naked. Um, But for me, being naked Mm -hmm. is more of an invitation for things to get more erotic Mm -hmm. just as for people who are into gear i think if you see someone wearing a particular set of gear that you find sexy i'm sure that you enjoy and appreciate that and are interested in that going into a more erotic direction Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah i i can appreciate them both yeah and it is a good way to set a mindset so i would say so i mean I know that there are particular kinks around like clothed man, naked man, yes. where the the naked partner is the one who is submissive and the clothed partner is the dominant who is allowed to wear whatever clothes mm-hmm. he, wants to, he wants to, while the submissive must be naked because it's what the dominant wants. And I do quite enjoy that situation. Yes. I mean, I can definitely see the like appeal of that because it enforces this sort of hierarchy into the situation. And it also means the dom is protected, but the slave or sub is very vulnerable Yes, in a way. And that goes back to this idea of mind games and mm-hmm. the the enjoyment that I get out of the mental level of dominance and submission. I like being able to put people in positions where they realize, oh, I don't have as much control here as I thought. Mm -hmm. And you're very good at that, I can say. Good boy. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's part of why I enjoy nudity. And, Mm -hmm. like, there are... I think most, if not all, of the gay bars in Amsterdam allow nudity, even though that doesn't happen all that often. Mm -hmm. But I've gone to bars where there have been people fully naked, and I enjoy that. Sometimes I've been one of the people who are fully naked. Nice. And that can also be a lot of fun. (laughs) Or like going to a sauna or something like that, where the expectation is Mm -hmm. that the most that anyone will be wearing is a towel. I find that very exciting. And I imagine it's similar to the way that other people see someone in full leather or full Mm -hmm. rubber or something like that. I look at one of those people and I see, oh, that's that's an attractive, handsome man. And I like the way he looks. But that's about as far as it goes for me. For someone else, I imagine that there's a lot more intrigue in the fact that it's leather or rubber or what have you. Yeah. I mean, going back to what you said about the sauna, that 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 just triggered a memory for me. I, I was going around, I think it was Sweatbox, which is one of the saunas in London. 
and everyone had their towel wrapped around their waist, apart from one guy who just had it slung over his shoulder and was walking around completely naked. And he just instantly seemed to become the sexiest guy in the room just because he was projecting this confidence of just being able to show off his body like that so casually. Mm-hmm. And it, Absolutely. Because we've talked about how nudity can enforce like submission, but the opposite is if you're really comfortable in your body and able to project it just being naked, you can project a sense of confidence and dominance through that. And I think that confidence is incredibly sexy. Mm-hmm. So yes, I have done that sort of thing before. I like there's there's a sauna here in Amsterdam that I've gone mm-hmm. to a couple of times. And when you first enter just past the lockers, there's sort of like a casual lounge where there are couches and you can order food at the bar and mm-hmm. such. And people usually aren't sexual in that area. They normally save that for like the hot tub or the maze or something yeah. like that. But I have really enjoyed having someone just at their knees sucking my cock with other guys there watching in an area where that sort of thing doesn't happen. And I like the sense of power that that gives me, that I can be like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And if the rest of you want to watch, go ahead. Yeah, it's that sort of, I can break this sort of unwritten rule. Like, I can do that. Yes. That is awesome. So it's... So just going back to, we very briefly mentioned when talking about leather that we talked about it very much as a signal and that, but what about as a fashion? Well, I've heard leather described as a lifestyle sort of a thing Mm -hmm. where leather is something that gets you off, something that you identify with as, you know, a, a leather man or something like that. And I see that as leather as lifestyle, but you can also have leather as fashion, Mm -hmm. which is more my speed, I suppose. I don't have anything against wearing leather. And in fact, I do own a couple of nice pieces of leather that I like to wear in certain situations. And I wear them because I like the responses that I get Mm -hmm. from other people when I wear them. I like the fact that I can go to a kinky event and wear like... Uh, a leather harness or a kilt or a vest Mm -hmm. and people notice me more and people tend to treat me with more respect as well. So I would say that is leather as fashion. It's choosing something to wear because you like the way that others respond to you when you wear it. Not necessarily because there is a, a sexual excitement in wearing that particular piece of clothing or gear but just because you choose it based on the fashion context. Yeah, I get that. It's sort of like so many like leather people I know get het up about what they, what's referred to as jock and harness, mm-hmm. where it's literally just someone just has a leather harness and paired it with the jock. And I, I can understand that for them, it feels like, their sort of social signal and signifiers are being diluted. But I tend to take the impression of, well, the point of gear is for me to make you feel good. Mm -hmm. That's first and foremost what it needs to do before it brings in any sort of like headspace or social signaling or anything like that. It should be something that makes you feel good in, in yourself. Yes. So I never judge people for just doing the, jock and a harness quote-unquote sort of thing 
Well, I mean, the other factor is that a lot of a lot of gear is expensive. Totally. And so if you can put together an outfit that you feel confident and sexy mm -hmm. in, and it's not too expensive because all it is is two pieces, a jock and a harness, then you can feel pretty good about that. And to me, who, as we talked about earlier, I like people who show off their bodies. I mm -hmm. like nudity. Jock on a harness is very sexy for me. I think that it's a lot of fun. It's a way of wearing clothes while also being basically naked. And I appreciate that very much. Yeah, it, it is very, yeah, it's just that projection of the sense of you can tell they're feeling good about themselves mm -hmm. and it rubs off. I mean, the point that you made earlier about gear or clothing in general should make you feel good about yourself as much as possible. I think that's very true. I think that, I mean, I don't consider myself a, a high fashion sort of person yeah. by any sense, but I feel comfortable and happy in the casual clothing that I wear. And when I try to wear something that is more formal or more fashion forward, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. it often makes me feel uncomfortable and a bit restricted. Mm -hmm. And so I can feel the most comfortable, the most sexy, the most me by wearing clothes that I associate with me, mm -hmm. which is typically casual, loose fitting clothing. But for someone else who finds leather to be something that unlocks their sense of me, then they can and should wear leather. I certainly have no problem with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, this goes back to what we was talking about at the earliest point is as long as you're using gear as a way to signal what... Uh, sorry. As long as you're using gear to enhance your self, sense of self, it can be very empowering. It's when it's almost being forced upon you that because even if you don't have any particular interest in it, that I worry. Well, unless the sense of having gear forced upon you is part of your fetish. Oh, yes. That that can be fun. Mm -hmm. Being put into gear you didn't choose, but is put like forced upon you, quote unquote forced, is mm. that is a big turn on. Although maybe it's also useful for us to talk about exactly what this word gear means. Mm because it's a word that we've been using quite a lot, but like, how is gear different from clothing? I'm, I'm curious as, as your perspective as someone who is very into gear, what, what makes gear gear? So that's a good question because generally speaking, I have a fuzzy definition of it, which is gear is something that stands out apart from normal day wear that specifically or inherently signals some kind of sexual interest mm -hmm. or triggers a sexual response from people. The thing that throws this off is you often get fetishized clothing that is day wear. So sports gear. I know a lot of people are very much into suits Mm -hmm. suits and business attire is something that turns them on and for them suits are gear whereas for me that's like the archetypical day wear yeah 
I mean, certainly the idea of taking someone who looks like a powerful businessman mm -hmm. and then stripping them of their suit and seeing mm -hmm. them naked and horny and on their knees, that's something that I quite enjoy. Oh, yes. Like, I can get the appeal of that. that mm -hmm. That's quite hot. And it's... But once again, the appeal for me is not wearing the suit. It's mm. removing them from it. Yeah. It's the act of stripping. Yes. Which, again, plays into the whole thing of clothing as archetype signaler, because you are playing with the fact that businessmen are seen as powerful or influential or wealthy, and you're stripping them of those signifiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I've also seen retailers that sell a range of clothing from more casual streetwear going mm -hmm. to the more kinky and edgy sort mm -hmm. of things. And I'm curious what you think of that, because again, at what point on that continuum does it become gear? That, that goes around my head a lot because there's also tied into that, the idea of appropriation. So you're okay. taking what is essentially signifies for a subculture and turning them into mass fashion almost yeah i can i can see your point which there. like that troubles me but at the same time it's also maybe nice that wider the wider world is embracing stuff that makes people feel sexy yeah i guess it's just yeah. a question of what makes people feel sexy and yeah. is that an okay feeling to have in the day-to-day -day? Mm -hmm. i think it should be i don't know if everyone would agree yeah like, what was the one I remember a couple of years ago? So in the UK, we have a brand or a shop called Marks and Spencers. And they're typically clothing aimed at middle-aged women is their mm -hmm. sort of bread and butter. And one year they caused quite a stir by bringing out a leather pencil skirt. Mm -hmm. And it was very sort of dominatrixy. that sort of really tight, firm leather restricting mm -hmm. and it caused quite a stir and it just felt weird a brand so associated with sort of mums and grandmothers doing that i mean i see your point but also mums and grandmothers can be dominatrices too yes yes you're totally right there i <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a whole lot of answers to these questions mm. of like what makes gear and when is it okay mm. and when is it uncomfortable. But I think it's interesting to ask the questions and to discuss it. I mean, particularly as someone who doesn't really share mm -hmm. in this particular fetish, I'm always very curious to hear the perspective from others who do. Mm -hmm. Because it helps me to understand this community more. It helps me to understand my friends who are kinky more. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I want to know about. Yeah. It, like for me, gear represents multiple things. There's the layer where obviously like I'm part of the Leathermen community here. So it brings a sense of camaraderie, fraternity, like this is our uniform while I'm wearing it, I am in a brotherhood almost. Mm -hmm. But 
there's also the personal thing, which is gear affects how I feel and see myself. Like when I'm in like my leather shirt, leather jeans and boots, I feel powerful and protected because it's almost like a set of armor. When I'm wearing rubber, it's the complete opposite. I feel lithe and slinky and much more submissive instantly Mm -hmm. because of the feelings like rubber as a second skin bring out. Mm -hmm. Again, same with lycra. Lycra is very that sort of slinky. You put it on and you feel instantly more, what's the word I'm looking for? More sexual, just inherently more sexual. But... Again, nudity can bring that out of me. When I've been in front of you and I've had to be naked and it's, yeah, it brings out a lot of submission in me. I've seen that. Yes. And I like that. Because, yeah, you're obviously sitting there, oftentimes clothed, and I'm not, and it makes me feel vulnerable and open to you. And Yeah, It's, it's a lot of fun. And it's something that we can engage in without any sort of real effort. Mm-hmm. Like you just know at this point that when we're video chatting, I expect you to be naked and yes. I can engage with that to whatever degree I feel like. Yes. And it's like knowing that's a standing order is, is quite hot to me because mm-hmm. again, it enforces that power dynamic. Yep. It's fun. And I get that other people might feel similarly with regards Uh to specific pieces of kink gear. Uh But for me, that feels unnecessary. I remember a couple of years ago when I went to IML in the US, there was a guy who I met in the lobby and we wanted to get together and have some fun later in the evening. Uh And he asked me, what sort of gear he should wear when he came up to my room. And I said, oh, it doesn't really matter because I'll be taking it all off of you first thing. (laughs) So then later in the evening, he arrived in my room and he had walked through the hotel wearing literally just the skimpiest thong and nothing else. Wow. And then when he got to my room, he took that off. (laughs) That is nice. And that was that was very hot. That is hot. So, like, thongs present a very interesting thing for me because they're kind of one of my favorite pieces of gear just because they toe that line where they're, they cover up basically very little. So they're almost close to nudity, but not quite. Mm-hmm which means they're like suggestive of nudity, which is often more erotic than full nudity, if that makes sense. It does. It depends on how that is suggested or conveyed. Mm -hmm. But yes, I would agree that a little bit of interesting covering Mm -hmm. makes you wonder about what's underneath. And I know that jockstraps are a lot of fun Mm -hmm. for a similar reason. Mm -hmm. Like you can have jock straps that are very brightly colored that draw the eye and that make you wonder what is in the package underneath. And that can be a lot of fun. Yes. 
So does that count as gear to you? I'm curious. You know, in the right context, I would say it is. If you're wearing it deliberately as part of a way to project an image or project an eroticism you want to engage in, then yes, I would say jocks and thongs are gear. Okay. Well, if you're going to extend the definition as broad as that, then it sounds like gear is anything that is designed to be attention grabbing in a sexual way. Mm-hmm. I I think that's a good definition. So in that sense, I suppose there are a couple of small pieces of gear that mm-hmm. I am into. Oh, really? Maybe we need to retitle this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, you know, jock straps and mm-hmm. harnesses and such, those are very fun. Those mm-hmm. are, exciting for me both to wear and to see other people wearing. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I like them, I think, is because they expose so much of the body. Like if someone was wearing a full leather suit and then had a harness on top of that, then I wouldn't find the harness particularly interesting, I think. Yeah. It's only when someone is bare chested except for a harness Mm-hmm. And the harness is designed to accentuate the fact that they're not wearing anything else and that their whole upper body is very visible and very naked. Mm-hmm. That is when I enjoy it. Yeah. that There's a lot to be said for sort of enhancing the body mm-hmm. in a way where it's like naked plus plus. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I've had friends who similarly aren't into gear per se and they're trying to just start communities based purely around mental interests like this person i'm particularly having in mind is trying to start sort of a regular group brunch for people just into power exchange Mm -hmm. and i think that's quite interesting which is moving away from the signifiers we commonly use and just trying to use just the interests themselves Because in the day and age of the internet, where you can search for things and build little communities with the tools we have, like Telegram, Discord, that sort of stuff, it Mm -hmm. it becomes a lot easier to just be direct with your interests. Yes. I I like that idea in theory. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how well it's going to work in practice for the simple Mm -hmm. reason that I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. that people have evolved to use mental shortcuts quite a lot when it comes to other people. And I think that's why gear is so popular because it's a good way of signifying to other people, hey, I'm into the same sort of thing that you're into. Mm -hmm. And when you have a digital community, you don't need those sort of signifiers because you can use text in your profile or tags or what Mm -hmm. have you to signify what you're into. But when it comes to meeting up in person, which I think when it comes to people into sexual interests, that will always be an ideal next step to actually meet up with someone in in person. Then people want to have that same sort of shortcut to verify that this person really is into the same sort of things that they said that they were. Yeah. And I know that gear is often a good way Uh of showing that. 
So yeah, I think this has been a great discussion and we've covered most of the topics here. Mm -hmm. I would agree. So if there's one sign off you want to give to the listeners, what, what would that be? I think it's that gear can be a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and gear is a great way of showing other people what you're into, but it's not, you can be into things without having the gear to show for it. Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't feel pressured to buy and wear specific pieces of gear just because the community expects you to do so. You should wear what you feel comfortable with. You should wear what you enjoy wearing. And you can and still are a kinky person, even if you can't or don't want to wear the uniform of kink. Yeah, I think that's a great message. And I think like this idea of social signifiers are quite important, but you should never feel trapped by them is how I feel. Unless you want to feel trapped by them. Oh, yes. In which case, it's a lot of fun. (laughs) So yes, where can people find you if they want to look you up? So I'm on Mastodon, mm-hmm. on mastodon.hypnoguys.com mm-hmm. is the instance, and my username is Harry Hypnotist. I'm also on Discord and Skype as Harry Hypnotist. And my email address is harryhypnotist at gmail.com. Cool, brilliant. Thank you very much for coming on. It's always a delight, and I'm sure we'll have you back on again soon. I look forward to it. Thank you. And as always, listeners, take care and play safe.